You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery, or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Well, good morning. I am here on the campus of King University, and we wanted to kind of film from a different location this week. Uh, For this reason here, I'm in a little secret spot at King that not a lot of people know about, but it's called the Reflection Pool. And you can see this pool of water behind me. And what's cool about this pool is what I've been told is it stays a consistent temperature all year long. That even when it is freezing outside, the water in this pool stays around 56 degrees. Even when it's burning up in the summer, the water in this pool stays around 56 degrees. And the reason for that is because it is actually fed by a natural spring. It's a man-made pool, as you can see, but it's fed by a natural spring that goes deep within the earth, keeping the water at a consistent temperature. So no matter the external fluctuation around it, internally, it remains the same because it is fed from a deeper source, which I think is a great example for the new series that we're beginning now called Connecting in the Distance. We're going to be spending a couple weeks looking at some different spiritual disciplines, some different ways for us to connect to God in this time of social distancing. And so this morning as we we look at all this, I want to start with a story uh, that you may be familiar with that comes out of Luke chapter 10. Um, And we're familiar with it, but you might kind of have to work because there's some huge cultural differences um, in this story about when it took place. Because during this time, people in Jesus's day could actually do a strange thing called having people over to their house. And I know that for you right now, like this just seems like a foreign concept to have someone to your house and then maybe even be more than uh, six feet like apart, be closer together than that. But this is actually what they did in Jesus's day is they would have people over to their houses. So Jesus has come to a town called Bethany and he's at the house of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. So let's pick that up here in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to start off in verse 38. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, you maybe kind of understand what this is like if you've ever hosted a house party before. I know growing up, whenever my mom would have people over to the house, like the hour before that time was just frantic. Like things were being hidden in weird locations. We were stuffing dirty dishes in the washing machine and in the dryer and all of these things were happening because you want your house to look nice, right? And this is what Martha was doing as Jesus had come because Jesus he rolled with a big posse, right? Like he's got at least 12 disciples. And so Martha's trying to keep them all comfortable at their house. She's made a big batch of tea, but then, you know, Judas wants his tea unsweetened. So like she has to make another batch. She's got the bathroom like perfect and smelling nice, but then Thaddeus goes in there and Thaddeus. And so then she has to go in and clean the bathroom. The dog has probably gotten into the house and is like eating off of people's plates. So it is just frantic for Martha during this time. And we kind of hear that she gets a little bit salty about it because she goes over to Jesus in the next verse. And here's what she says in verse 10. It says, she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Now I like Martha's boldness to go up to Jesus. Maybe he's in the middle of a parable or something like that. And she just straight interrupts him and says, Lord, she's not helping me at all. Don't you care? Doesn't she care? So after Martha comes up to Jesus like this, Jesus answers her in verse 41. And he says this, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. 
Now, I like what he points out here. First off, I want to note that when he talks to Martha, he's not accusing towards her. He doesn't jump on her case. He doesn't say, whoa, chill out, Martha. He just gently says her name twice, Martha, Martha. And he points out that she's worried and anxious about many things. But then he says this right here. He says, you're worried and anxious about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Now, he doesn't come out directly and say what that thing is that is necessary. He sort of leaves us to ask that question. Well, what is this one thing that is necessary that Mary has chosen? Well, Mary has chosen to be at the Lord's feet. Mary has chosen to listen to the teaching of Jesus. And sure, Martha is doing noble work. Martha is making sure that other people can hear Jesus as well, that other people are comfortable as they come in to hear Jesus' teaching. You could make a great argument for the ministry that Martha is doing, but Jesus says only one thing is needed, and that's to hear his teaching. Now, I think this is important for us to look at right now. Typically, we would look at this passage and compare it with like our busy lives and how we get so distracted by uh, how much work we have to do, by our careers, by all the things that keep us busy. But right now, we found ourselves in the midst of a very strange time that I've heard some people begin to call the great pause. That we're in the middle of a great pause where people are working from home or jobs have been temporarily shut down. And so we're in this kind of odd time where we aren't as busy as we've usually been. And so as we spend our time in this great pause, the question I have is, how have you been using your time? And if I could be just a little bit pushy, have you been using that time to connect to Jesus? To do the one thing that he says is most important, connecting with Jesus and learning from his teaching. Because usually the excuse we have when it comes to our time we spend in prayer or studying the Bible is, I'm just too busy. I don't have time to do it because I've got so much other stuff going on. I'd love to fit it into my schedule, but I can't. Well, right now, we can. So my question is, how much have you been spending time at Jesus' feet? And I think Mary is a great example for this as we look at her. As we look at Mary's example at Jesus' feet here, if we continue to look at the person of Mary throughout the Bible, we see that she is always at the feet of Jesus. When her brother Lazarus dies, in John chapter 11, verse 32, it says, Mary came to where Jesus was and she saw him and she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In sorrow, Mary throws herself at Jesus' feet. And so we see her when Jesus is teaching, she's at his feet. In this time of tragedy, she's at his feet. And there's one more time that we see Mary at the feet of Jesus. It's in John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served like she was doing earlier. And it says Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. And Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Once again, we see Mary at the feet of Jesus. Every time we see Mary in the Bible, she's at the feet of Jesus. First, when he comes over and Martha's cleaning, she's at the feet of Jesus. When her brother Lazarus dies, she's at the feet of Jesus. And now, not long before Jesus would die, Mary is at the feet of Jesus. In times of chaos, she's learning from Jesus. In times of mourning and sadness, she is going to Jesus with her problems. And now in times of stillness, in times of pause, she is worshiping Jesus. 
What an example to us to always find ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Even if it's crazy, even if it's busy, even if we're in a time of tragedy, even if we're in a time of peace and quiet and pause, I would encourage you to find your way to the feet of Jesus. Because that is how we can begin to connect to a deeper source, just like this pool behind me. That is how we begin to connect to God through prayer, through reading the Bible, through finding ourselves at the feet of Jesus, so that no matter what fluctuates on the outside, on the inside we can remain consistent. Where even when the world might be in turmoil on the inside because our connection to a deeper source, because of our connection to our Creator, we can have peace and we, we can have calm. So one of the things we want to do as we go through this series called Connecting in the Distance is spend some time not just in the Word and worshiping like we have been, but give you some opportunities where on your own, at home, you can pray and maybe learn some new ways to pray also. It can be a little bit awkward when we're together in the auditorium to say, why don't you bow down together right now and pray or pray out loud right now. But we're not in the auditorium at Discovery right now. You're in your living room at home. So you have all kinds of space and freedom to worship in new ways. So in just a minute, I'm going to tell you a new way that you can pray um, called the Palms Up, the Palms Down prayer. And it's kind of an interactive way that you can pray. And so you can go about this right now after I describe it to you. You can hit pause on the video and do it yourself in your living room. Or maybe as the next song comes on, as the band is playing, you can practice that prayer on your own. Or just maybe later this week, you want to find some time where you can be alone and in quiet and practice this prayer. But I'd encourage you to do that so that in this time of pause, you can be at the feet of Jesus. So in the formation of this series, we've kind of leaned heavily on two resources. Uh, the first I've mentioned before, it's a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, and the other one is a book called The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Both really good resources that if you want to um, pick these up right now and just get some other tips on pursuing di spiritual disciplines, that'd be fantastic. Um, I can't recommend them highly enough, but you don't have to take my word for it. LeVar Burton, Reading Rainbow. Yes, so uh, the first prayer prompt I'm going to be doing today uh, actually comes from this book here by Richard Foster, and it's called the, the Palms Up, the Palms Down Prayer. And here's how it works. Um, as with any time that, that you pray, you're going to find that you want to be in a, in a comfortable position um, and try not to have your legs crossed or, you know, any parts of your body that could restrict blood flow to be crossed. Um, so what you want to do is just kind of sit in a normal position, um, maybe place your hands on your knees, and you're going to start out with your palms closed, your palms down and your fists kind of balled up. And what you're doing as you pray is you're imagining just the different worries you might be struggling with. And just imagine that you are holding that. So it could be something as small as uh, the upcoming you know, dentist appointment that I'm worried about. Or it could be, man, will my job survive during the chaos of this time? Or will my family survive? Could I get sick? Is this person that I know who is sick? Are they going to survive? So as you pray, just picture as if you're holding those things in your hand and you just can name them one by one. And then as you pray about them, after you've prayed about it, just open your palms 
And that's where the palms down comes in and you just release that to God. And you're saying, God, this virus, I release it to you. This thing that I'm worried about, I release it to you. So it's just dropping of our cares, the dropping of our worries into the lap of God. And then after you've done that, you're simply gonna lift your palms upward, palms down, palms up. And now instead of releasing, we're going to receive. We're gonna receive God's love. We're gonna receive God's grace, his forgiveness. We're gonna receive God's presence. And so as you pray, just ask for those things and then clutch them in your hands as you imagine yourself holding what God has given you. So take some time and practice that on your own.